the message today, the servant of our God. I'd like uh, to you, uh, all of you to keep in mind that um, those who enter God's service, which is the same as to say as when they trust him and believe him and from then they will from then on they will follow him they are they become his servants and it is in that context of the children's story and I will review it quickly again in a few more minutes to remind us the real meaning of uh, of servants that many times when we think of us as servants of God as slaves of God and so on and then we say like slave and we don't like the word slave and we use the word servant and so on that's 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 good just to kind of uh, preclude any possibility of negativity uh, that the word brings but they are remember the same word and the meaning that has been really um, changed because of attitude of people but to be a servant was a position of great honor before God a great honor in the days of old that's why you when you see in the Bible why God allowed the Israelites to have slaves. It was because of that. Those that they had them as, as, as slaves and served were blessed with great, great honor. Um, they were provided with. It was like, it was like, for example, is it okay to say that you are a worker? Now that you have a job and you are a worker, you are paid a good salary. And if you now, um, how many of you would say that it is a great honor to be a worker? Not, you know, like kind of a, I wish I could not be a worker, I could be the boss. Or, you know, or, or be so well financially free that I did not need to work. But uh, let me just say this. Let me change the, the idea now of a worker. Let's suppose that your work was so highly, um, so, such a high position. Let's suppose like you were a CEO in a, for a company, a big company there, and your salary was like a million dollar a year or, or, or more. You'd, you'd, you'd have been nice, right? Kind of, whoa. Wow. So uh, a servant was a confident that way, a confidant, an envoy. Um, and that word also can be translated as a, uh, one who serves in, in such a position that he worship the one who is his master. Like, I respect him so highly. And, and the word respect there is he worship him. He idolize him. Okay? That's why, for example, Eliezer was sent to a strange land. Why didn't he just take off? Oops, forget about it. I'll just now be free. Bye, Abraham. You can't find me. You're, you're, you're old. Your son is a little boy. Can't find me. I'll just go with, you know, he was head of other slaves. And he had to take food with him and other things. And so he would just, hey, bye. But no, he came back. He came back. And um, the idea later on was established in the Hebrew context that uh, some slaves that were mistreated 
slaves that were mistreated, they felt that they were they could free themselves and, and, and go away. Then they were marked. The idea from paganism was brought in. Well, let's mark them the way the Egyptians marked them. Like, let's put earring, nose ring. Let's uh, put a tattoo, mark them. And in, in the Hebrew culture, they developed the idea of uh, let's mark them on the forehead. And you see it in Ezekiel. Marked on the forehead. It's a part of your body that you can cover everything, but this is a part that you would not cover. Everyone would see who you belong to. Then he came that idea to mark to whom you belong to and so on because of negativity. But, uh, but anyway, the word servant is the one who idolized the master, who worshiped the master. Uh, he is the in, in envoy. He goes for him. So like, like we are sent, right? We go for him, for God. Um, the text here. Let's go to the text. Revelation chapter 7 verse 3 is the text for today. And he reads, uh, would someone, is it okay for you or do you wish the, these lights to be turned off? And if you wish, the one who is responsible can turn it off. Uh, only if you are. Okay. Um, Revelation 7.3. Saying, and this, uh, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees. I'd like to preach a sermon on earth, this, this meaning of earth, uh, sea, and trees here sometime in the future, right? Okay. It does not really mean what it is there the way I will show you. Okay. But till... We have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. You know, that same idea God is bringing here. Sealed in the forehead. Put the name. And, and his seal is, I'll put my name in there. I'll put my name in there. He belong, they belong to me. It's the same idea of servants. God is using. And this is revelation. Use, using the Hebrew, using Semitical way of thinking. Ancient days from the Hebrew uh, way of thinking. So, the word... Um, Eved, Ayin, Beit, and Dalet. And Dalet. Ayin, Beit, and Dalet forms the word Eved. Okay? That comes from the word, the verb uh, 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 Avad, or Avad, that, uh, that means, it's a verb actually, and it means uh, to work for and even to worship. You are so close, and you work so closely that you, you, you are like worship the person. And so um, the word happens in the, in the, new, in the Old Testament eight, about 800 times in the, in the Old Testament. Okay? And uh, the meanings are to be a subject, to be an assistant, to be a servant, to be a confidant, to be an envoy. And um, like, like uh, prophets, prophets were known as servants of God. They, what? They carried the word of God. They carried the message of God. They represented God. They spoke to the people in the name of God. And they were known as servants of God. And um, when you go and you read um, Joshua chapter 24, verse 29, and you read also in Exodus 14, 31, and so on, you will see that uh, Joshua was known as the servant of God, and he was known as the servant of God, not only after he replaced Abraham, um, Moses, <laughs> Moses, but he was known as servant of God even before he replaced 
um, Moses. Okay. Um, the, the, again, the word Eved is the one who wants or desires to keep, keep the word. And to keep the word is not the way we, we understand it. Like I keep it to myself, I don't tell anyone. No. It is like the word is given to me. How do you keep it? You, you, the, the word is spoken, right? So you keep it by making it alive. Right? And you keep it, passing it on. Pass it on to others. Pass it on to others. God told me I'll keep it on. If you keep it to yourself, you killed it. No one knows. It's not alive. No one hear it. Where, where is the word? You keep, you keep it by telling others. So, um, the word, to be an avad, a servant, is a position of great honor. Um, and, and, um, when you hear, when you read in Psalm 91, verses 1 and, and, and 2, uh, um, He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my, my, fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Um, when you read that, you will see in the context of keeping the word of God, you are... Um, okay, how many of you here... What is the secret place, your secret place? My secret place is in my bedroom, maybe my living room sometimes. It's a very private place, very quiet, that belongs only to you there. Uh, those who go there have to be very close to you, very related to you, very, very close to you. So you, if you go to the secret place of the Most High, you are very close to God, very related to God, and you keep, you keep His word. You, you, he speaks to you, and you go and you give it to others. So, uh, as an envoy of, of the king, and so on. And the word there, uh, servants there, is the word dolos, dolu, from the Greek. A translation, a direct translation of uh, evad, a servant. So we are supposed to be servants. And, and, uh, and the, the call for, do not, uh, do not destroy the earth, uh, uh, the the sea and the trees until I seal them. The, the four angels do not, uh, do not let it, the, the, the four winds of uh, the four corners of the earth to go until I seal them. I need to seal them. I need to write my name in their foreheads. They, are, they belong to me. Um, so the servants of God. The, in, in the introduction there, uh, in the book of Revelation, um, is Jesus is talking about his servants. And uh, concerning the events that will transpire in the future. And, and, God, in, in, and God also promises in verse 3, I don't have it here. He promises a blessing to those who study his prophecies. Who those who study uh, and, and learn his word, who become his confidant, confidant his invoice. He, he will bless them in a mighty way. Um, Revelation uh, the next text, please. Uh, revelation 1, 1, for example, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto who? His servants, things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent it to signify it by his angel, to unto his what? His servant, uh, John. These are the same word, and John was, imagine, God is trusting him with that word. And in Revelation 1.3, he promises a blessing when you move to 1.3. Uh, blessed is he, 
that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Blessed is he. You are blessed if you do those. We are blessed. We, we will receive a special blessing. When, in, in, when you link Revelation 1.1 with Revelation 7.3, which is a text for today, we see that God's servant to whom God reveals the future event, the future events, through his, through his prophecies, will keep those future events. But to keep is not to keep to themselves. You know, it's different than what we think. To keep is like, no, to keep, it is like you keep going. You keep the message going. If you don't keep it going, you are killing it. Um, those who reject the word of God and his plan of salvation will not receive the promised blessing. Okay? In other words, those who do not proclaim it. When, um, when you proclaim it, you do the will of God, you are a real servant of God. When I was a child, I was really afraid of, uh, of the darkness. And many of us have been afraid of the darkness at some point, right? Um, uh, and I heard someone saying, I still do. <laughs> I still am uh, afraid, yeah. Uh, the study and understanding of prophecies will save us from an even worse darkness. The spiritual darkness at the end of earth's history. Second Peter 1.19, for example, Peter tells us exactly what I just said. We have also a more sure word of the prophecy. Like what? We understand it, we believe it, we got it, we have it. Uh, whereunto it do well that it take heed, obey it, and follow it, right? As unto a light that shineth in a dark places. In dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So, in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 and 6, we see this also the, talking about the day of the Lord. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not what? Sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. Okay, do you think that the world is sleeping? No. The world is in total darkness. Sleeping are some who knows, okay, they're sleeping as others do. And he is, Paul is, is talking here about uh, the nation of Israel, the Hebrews. They know so much, like some out there know so much, but they are asleep. They do not believe those prophecies. They could care less about them. But let us watch and be what? Sober is also uh, the opposite of what? <laughs> Don't be drunk. Did you, did you know that this privileged group will never pass through the portals of the tomb? These servants of the Most High, they will not die. Referred to in that text in Revelation chapter 7, verse 3. 
here. Isaiah 54, verse 17, Isaiah, you know that he had a, an apocalyptic visions. He, he saw the visions in the future. Some of the things that John saw, Isaiah saw also. Then in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, I don't know why it is so close. I didn't do it. No, no, no weapon that is formed against thee. Okay, how many uh, servants at the end will be attacked by, with, by weapons? Secular people, the lost, with weapons. All the servants of God will be attacked. And, and we know what will happen to the weapon, right? We, according to uh, spirit of prophecy, they will break and fall back and so on. That's why Isaiah, what Isaiah saw. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. The weapon will be there, but will not prosper. will not do its work. And every tongue that shall rise against thee. Okay, the number one accusation, the number one uh, problem that the saints of the Most High, the servants of God, the, those composing the 144,000 living to the very last days of earth's history, going through the fiercest uh, trials ever, and the fiercest trial ever will not be, will not be physical. Because they will be so well prepared that to die for Christ will be an honor and a privilege. And you will be more willing to die. You will not kill yourself because you're not crazy. But if they kill yourself, you will be okay. The biggest, the fiercest trial ever, it will be the accusations. The misinterpretation of what you said, of what you preached. Of who you are. Someone here mentioned in the Sabbath school lesson, uh, Wayne, uh, Tino, um, about being um, perfect. Perfect perfection. He mentioned that, that statement. Even being, having that perfect perfection in you. The enemy out there, he, like Jesus, they did to Jesus, they will do to you. They will accuse you of certain things that no one will be there to defend you. And let me tell you one thing. You will not be defended. God, Jesus will defend you, yes, uh, to a certain point, but a certain number of accusations, you will not be def defended. You will go through your trial and to eternity with that accusation without being confronted. But you will be alright. You know, and Jesus knows, it was not true. But before the entire world, and guess what will be the worst? Is that those who are most qualified, well, let me tell you this, let me change it, instead of saying it. When you go to court, you have your defense attorney there. He knows everything about your case but then you have the prosecutor the prosecutor is what he is also an attorney but he is a specialized attorney on that case you have criminal you have uh, 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 prosecutors you have um, corporate prosecutors and uh, there are all these names they are in this okay for example when you go to court because a doctor did something that was bad and you took, take the, the, the doctor to court, 
they mal, malpractice. When they call a prosecutor, that prosecutor, many of them went to medical school. They studied those concepts so that he can accuse that doctor in such a way because he knows the terminology, he knows the language. Guess who will be your, the, the perfect prosecutor in your life? Those, what? Prosecutor. Satan. Not Satan. Those who studied the message, went to the school and studied the message and know exactly what you believe. And many times they will be even a relative, a brother, sister, a father, mother, someone that knows you even intimately and, and, and emotionally. And, and imagine to endure that. And, and guess what? This, this, this prosecutor, he will not be, prosecutors as lawyers, they are workers for a, a, a hire. They, want the money, they will do whatever, even when you tell them the truth, they will say, oh, don't worry, I'll find a technical and I will get you out of this. Or I will find a, a technical a problem and I will get you in trouble, depending who you are, a defense attorney or a prosecutor. So it will be in the case of every one of us. They will find, a, a, I don't want to say it, but I will say it and you know it is true. They will find a, a lie, they will lie, they will come up with something that will, ah, this will do. So in, imagine to stand that. The servants of the Lord are protected by God. Okay, what did I say here? Uh, okay, uh, and every tongue, every tongue, see, every tongue, that's, that's the, the fiercest of all. Every tongue shall arise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. How will you condemn? Will you speak up for yourself? Will you be the lawyer? No. No, you will not. Jesus will speak for you, but what will speak louder, louder, it will be your character. That's how you will, that's how you will condemn them. They will feel embarrassed. Among themselves, they will be confused. Your character. But you remember, your character is... Okay. We should pray to count ourselves among the, at the end I'll show you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So, Jesus is the one who will give you the righteousness that your character will be so well developed. The servants of the Lord are protected by God. Yet, it must not be overlooked that uh, God's servants possess the righteousness of Christ. This is a huge, a huge contrast with the unrighteousness of the servants of Satan. It's a huge contrast. Do you know why they will? Do you know what will trigger them to go and pass? Imagine America. Imagine America. It doesn't matter how secular, how demonic some people in the government are. One thing if you tell them, you know, there is a prophecy that one day you will pass a decree of death. They will say, <laughs> you crazy. You will never do that. Yeah, and it is, it is true. They will never on earth will do that. Do you know what will cause them to do that? Sister White, I can give you the quote later or you can find it for yourself. 
when the plague starts to falling, they will blame the Christians that the world is being cursed because of them. Therefore, they will pass the death decree. It will force them to pass the death decree. Again, one other misjudgment of your character, of who, of who you are. Okay, this passage here. Sister White, read it quick. Prophets and Kings, 590. In the time of the end, people, the people of God will sigh and cry for the abominations on in the land. With tears, they will warn the wicked of their danger in trampling upon the divine law. And with unutterable sorrow, they will, unutterable sorrow, you cannot express how, how they will be so humble, humble themselves before the Lord in penitence. Because of all the things, how horrible people are there and how they are destroying, trampling God's law underfoot. The wicked will mock their sorrow and ridicule their solemn appeals. But the anguish and humiliation of God's people is, unmista is unmistakable evidence that they are regaining the strength and nobility of character lost in consequence of sin. That those last moments of earth's history is where what, is, what we have not done yet, what have not happened yet, will happen. Our character will be transformed. Okay? It is being transformed. It is being transformed. But it will be transformed the last portion. Um, it is because they are drawing nearer to Christ, because their eyes are fixed on his perfect purity, that they discern so clearly the exceeding sinfulness of sin. Meekness and lowliness are the conditions of success and victory. A crown of glory awaits those who bow at the foot of the cross. Really quick here, just to review it again. Go, number one. Did you pass forward or what? Okay. The servants of God warned the wicked uh, of their abominations and desecration of God's law. The servants of God humbled themselves. Humbled them. <laughs> humbled themselves before God in penitence. In humiliation and anguish, uh, uh, the servants of God developed strength and nobility of character. The servants of God draw closer to Christ. For their minds are fixed upon God's purity in their lives. The servants of God discern the sinfulness of sin. And 6 and 7, the victory of the servants of God comes because of meekness and loneliness of life. The servants of God bow at the foot of the cross. Uh, folks, members, brothers, sisters, friends, fellow human beings. If you want to be saved and be ready, take this text there. It's easy to remember. Prophets and Kings 590. Prophets and Kings 590. Read it, read it, read it, and learn it and do it. Start practicing now. Many times we are so proud of uh, ourselves. Who am I to be proud of myself? Of what? Who am I? Who am I? Just ask the question. Try to answer. Who am I? Who am I? That I cannot humble myself. And when we do these things for Christ at the foot of the cross and all those things there. In reality, there is no cross here. Christ is not here. God is not here. I'm not doing it before him. I'm doing it before him and at the foot of the cross when I do it for others. His children, for, other, for others. Before others. 
No matter who they are. No matter who they are. Do you want to be saved? The servants of God. Now, Prophets and Kings 307. The, first, the servants of God, all who keep the, the seventh day, all who keep the seventh day signify by this act that they are worshipers of Jehovah. Thus, the Sabbath is the sign of men's allegiance to God as long as there are any upon the earth to serve him. The importance of, uh, and the seriousness of Sabbath keeping. How sad now, in contrast with this, pay attention to this, how sad it will be for those who give up on their faithfulness to God in respect to the fourth commandment, the Sabbath. Early reading, page 36. This is how sad. Please do not put yourself in the person, in that person. If you don't want to, but if you want. Listen to this. Then I was shown a company. Sister White was talking about the 140,000 and those who are the servants of God, who are saved, and so on. And then I was shown a company who were howling in agony, agony, and their garments was, and on their on their garments was written in large characters, "Thou art weighed in the balance and found wanting." I asked who this company were. The angel said, "These are they who have once kept the Sabbath and have given it up." In other, in other passage, Sister White says that it would have been better if they had never been born. What is worse than to have never been born? Man. I heard them cry with uh, cry aloud, cry with a loud voice. We have believed in thy coming and taught and taught it with energy. And while they were speaking, their eyes would fall upon their garments and see the writing. And then they would wail aloud. And she goes on to say, I saw that they had drunk of the deep waters and fouled the residue with their feet. Trodden the Sabbath underfoot. And that was why they were weighed in the balance and found wanting. This is in contrast. Because the saints, the servants of God, they keep God's commandments. Here, in the Review and Herald, uh, March 9, 1905, when Sister White says this. This is my interpretation of this, okay? Let us strive with all the power that God has given us. How much power God has given you? No, okay, okay. Let's count them. Let's count them together. Uh, intellectual power, physical, health, um, mental, you good, good. I, I believe all of you are in good mind, good mind. Spiritual, books that you can read, Bibles, internet that you can research in, in a minute, you can find anything. And uh, these are all the power that you have, the time that you have, the home, the, the nice chair that you can sit down, light. Um, I know people 
in my family, I have a half-brother, older brother, than the oldest one. He is in his late 60s. He lived in the country, in the boonies. He was a very like solid Seventh-day Adventist back. He almost memorized the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> he had so many things from the spirit of prophecy memorized in the Bible. His Bible was all marked with black marks everywhere and, and because he read it at the light of a candle. Where he lived in the country, like talking about country living, off the grid, he was like off everything you can imagine. Talking about off the grid, off like Kendall, reading the Bible there, all black. His the power that we have, the light that we have, we can read. We, you have eye problems, have these nice glasses. You can buy at a Walmart. You don't even need to go to the doctor, reading glasses. These are all the powers that you have. That we have. Let us strive with. So use all these opportunities that we have. Strive with all the power that God has given us. To be among the 144,000. Many of us are afraid to be among them. Because of all the things that will be happening. But Sister White says let us strive. Let us do all you can. All we can. Uh, and that, and that, this is what I mean. This is what I understand this. Uh, that she meant that we ought to make all efforts possible to, to keep God's commandments. S very seriously. Very seriously. Many times we say, oh, it is not by keeping that we are saved. It will be like uh, the salvation by work and all those things. But guess what? People, we hide behind that argument by, so that we may have freedom to do whatever we want and expect that God will do that for us. And then his salvation by faith. This, this is wrong. I don't know if you know. It is wrong. You have to make an effort. For example, just one example. Sabbath sunset is 4.30 now, right? 4.30. Do you start to get ready and stop the work and clean the house like by 4 o'clock? Or you decide to fix that car? Even in like at noon that day. You know what happened on Fridays when you decide to go into a big project. Everything goes wrong. And believe me, it was natural. It's Satan. Because he knows the hours are coming and the Sabbath will be there. And you will be without a car to go to church on the Sabbath. And then you are so... We are. We are. I'm sorry. When I say you, I say we. It happens to all of us. And it is bad. We need to correct ourselves along this spiritual journey. And I will argue... Oh no, oh, but I'm fixing it to go to church tomorrow. And I will even go to that sister house and give her a ride. How could I be a missionary if I don't fix it? So I will just fix it. No. Start Monday. Wasn't, didn't the car have a problem since like two weeks ago? Didn't you even go to church with that kind that situation once on the Sabbath? Yeah, but this is what we do. One of the things is, and I am so sorry for nurses here. I am so sorry. I'm not here. I am so sorry. I, I just have to say this. Uh, some say, oh, my daughter went to school to be a nurse so that she would not have a problem with the Sabbath. That is breaking the Sabbath already if that is the reason. I'm just saying it. Let us move on and finish. On one occasion, 
uh, a young woman was following Paul and Silas, and she was saying certain things about them. What word she saying? She was demon possessed. Uh, first of all, how many of you believe that demons only tell lies? No, they tell truth. If this to fulfill their purpose. Remember the definition, six, uh, uh, Great Controversy, page 640. In the 640s, yeah, we'll see the definition that Sister White gives to the Jesuits. That they will do everything as long as it fulfills their purpose. You can read it there. Satan is the one behind it. And Satan was the one in the life of that young lady, and she was declaring this. Uh, the same followed Paul and, and asked Silas, and this is um, Luke is, is writing, right? and he's the writer of the book of Acts, and asked, and, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. <laughs> Even demons know that, that the servants of God show the way of salvation. So if you are the servants of God, you go out and, and do like uh, these demons were saying. Show this, the way of salvation to people. But you know the reason the demon was doing that? It was so that the people looking would look at Silas, Paul, Paul and Silas and connect them with that demon and, and then reject them altogether. <laughs> Using the truth to accomplish a bad thing. But the one this, in spite of, uh, of being demons speaking, this is, they are right. They are servants of the Most High God and they show the way of salvation and that's the way we do also. Paul identifies the servants of God uh, to the Roman believers this way. Romans 6, 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and everlasting life. You will produce the fruit that will produce holiness and everlasting life to, uh, on everyone. Once again, the perfect beauty of character of the servants of God is revealed in the holiness of of their lives. Here the inspired apostles set up the character of the servants of God. Saying these are men and women who will continue. Who, um, these are, are men and women who will not continue in the slavery of sin. But they will serve God. They will in the power of the Holy Ghost have victory over all heredity, her, hereditary and cultivated tendencies. Of evil, and this I quoted from Ellen White. I didn't show her here, but uh, but she, she, I'm using these two words. Uh, they they will uh, have victory over the hereditary to evil, the tendency to evils, of holiness, and the consequence of of Christ's grace in their lives will be uh, the reward of eternal life. And we with this text. And here I present the final topic, which is the seventh, seventh, uh, presenting one to seven, the seventh one. Um, the servants of God will serve Christ throughout eternity. If they serve him here, they will serve him throughout eternity. And that is written in Revelation 22, verses 3 and 4. We went with that text. And there shall be no more curse, no more COVID. No more, you name it. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. And they shall 
see his face. And his name shall be in their foreheads. The name shall be in their foreheads. Because in the beginning there, Revelation 7, 3, do not destroy the earth, the sea, the trees, until I seal them in their foreheads. They will continue to be and have their names in their foreheads. Throughout eternity, they will know that they belong to God. They have his very own name, dash, character. So let us be genuine and legit legitimate and true servants of God now. Amen.